G'day, I'm Cam Buchanan from Mount Gambier, Australia, and this is a special edition of Devotions in the Deep End. We'll get started in just a few moments. Every now and then, the Bible will bring out interesting ideas that need a little bit of explanation. As they are written, they come with a bit of assumption that the readers know what these things are. But as time goes on, some of these terms will become more and more foreign to us. A word is going to turn up and it will appear in many other episodes to come, particularly when we get to John's Gospel and the Book of Acts. Instead of explaining it many times over, I figured I would offer a short episode of Explanation Now, which I can simply refer you back to in future episodes. If you are a preacher, then you will be familiar with Bible commentaries, some of which have text boxes within the page that offer a special focus on something, a doctrine or person or issue or something else that the scholar wants to shine a light on. This episode is a spoken word version of that idea. The word that I want to focus on at this time is this, Samaritan. In the first century setting that Jesus was ministering, the Holy Land was in fact three regions under Roman rule. The region to the south was Judea. It was the state where Jerusalem and Bethlehem were located. Other Judean cities or villages which are mentioned in the Gospels include Bethany, Emmaus and Jericho. The southern region was a little more aristocratic and religious. The temple was, of course, in the south, and proximity likely contributed to this being the case. The region to the north was called Galilee, and this is where Nazareth and Capernaum were located. It was known to be more of a working-class, blue-collar sort of neighbourhood. They were considered a little less religious, despite the Pharisees' best efforts, but they also had more contact with non-Jewish neighbourhoods due to their agriculture and trade. The temple being a considerable distance away, and the religious heritage from the Northern Kingdom days likely played a role in their more nominal faith expression. Both Judea and Galilee were distinctly Jewish communities, and most of Jesus' travel and ministry in the Gospels was in those locations. His baptism and wilderness temptation took place in Judea. The wilderness is likely the desert area to the south, which was known as the Negev. And we know he travelled as far north as Tyre and Sidon, which were in regions north of Galilee. But there was a fascinating portion of land which was located between Judea and Galilee, the region known as Samaria. And in Jesus' days, this was a no-go zone for Jews both north and south. They would sooner head way east to Gentile land and go around the region than travel through it. To understand this mindset and what caused this apparent animosity, we need to go a bit further back into Israel's history. All three regions were once simply known as Israel. The glory days of this kingdom arrangement was under Solomon. It was he who would build the majestic Jerusalem temple and his wisdom and leadership caused the world around them to speak of Israel in reverent hushed tones. Solomon's son Rehoboam took over the kingdom And depending on the scholar you ask, this happened somewhere between 931 and 922 BC. 
Frankly, he was nowhere near the leader his father was. He had a chance to really unify the nation under a more favourable yoke than what Solomon had in place. But he blew it badly with just one decision made in arrogance. As a result, nine of the tribes, all located in the northern part of Israel, decided to go their own way. They installed their own king, Jeroboam I, while the tribes of Benjamin and Judah remained in the south. The twelfth tribe, of course, was the Levites, and they by default remained south due to their priestly role and connection to the temple. It was not a pretty division, and there was essentially a civil war at the start. But things settled into a truce eventually, even if it was tested at times. After this split, Jerusalem remained the capital of Judah, while the city of Samaria was built and made capital of the north. Unfortunately, the kings of the north were not good. There were multiple dynasties due to various rifts and assassinations, and only one really goes down in history as doing anything all that godly, and that was Jehu. And even he failed at the latter part of his life. The religion of the north was broken as well. The priesthood was replaced with whomever they could recruit. And the temple was replaced with two golden calf statues in locations across the new nation. When you read of people like Ahab and Jezebel, you are reading of kings leading the north out of the city of Samaria. Judah kept its Davidic dynasty in place, but there were ups and downs in that arrangement along the way too. Both kingdoms eventually came to an end, and God made it clear through the prophets that he would not let his reign on earth be presented in the way these nations were doing so. They were not doing justice or loving mercy. They were not using their blessing to help others, and the widow and the orphan got ignored. And despite their fancy worship on a Sabbath day, the rest of their week was filled with pagan idolatry. There were multiple unambiguous calls to repent, but these fell on increasingly deaf ears. The northern kingdom was first to come under God's judgment, falling to the Assyrian Empire in 722 BC. And all of a sudden, this evil and powerful empire had extended its border to within eight miles of Jerusalem. The invading king, Tiglath-Pileser III, took all the wealthier, the more influential of the northern Jews into captivity in Assyria. And then he took captives of five other nations and settled them in the region. These new settlers then intermarried with the remaining Jews, and a hybrid race emerged from that. The region that would become Samaria began as a mess of Judaism mixed with idols under the sovereignty of a pagan king. Then Babylon swept in and finished the job. In 587 BC, Jerusalem finally fell to this new powerful empire. The whole city, including its temple, were all burned to the ground. Ten years prior, a number of priests and nobles had been taken captive to Babylon, and by the time the city was destroyed, anyone of any worth had either been killed or relocated. However, in 538 BC, Jews were starting to be released from Babylon and permitted to resettle in Judah again. By then, this hybrid Samaritan people had grown in size and influence, and they became a thorn in the side of the returning Jews. In Nehemiah chapter 4, we are introduced to a person named Sanballat, who was clearly opposed to the building of Jerusalem. In that passage, he is being backed up by what is called a Samaritan army. However, we are shown in Ezra chapter 4 that these exiles who were now living in the region offered help to those who were building the temple, seemingly wanting to be able to worship their God in that location also. 
but they were turned away in very strong fashion, the Jews arrogantly citing their mixed heritage as the reason for being rejected. So from there on, the Samaritans continued to oppose them, and in 409 BC, they built their own temple on Mount Gerizim. You can imagine how that riled up the Jews down south. From there onwards, arguments abounded about which mountain and which building mattered more. This is an argument the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 knew all too well. In around 168 BC, a big divisive call was made. The Seleucid Empire, with their base in Syria, had risen up more than a century prior. And by 197 BC, they had conquered the Palestine region and were forcing their Greek-based customs, language and worship on the Jews. When these Syrian forces started looking sideways at Samaria, and when they saw a remarkably similar sort of temple in their patch of land, the Samaritans quickly sold out their faith and aligned themselves with the Syrians. They martyred thousands of Jews and erected a statue of the god Jupiter in their temple courts to put Syria off the scent. The revolt which led to Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem being taken back by the Jews took place in 165 BC under the leadership of Judas Maccabeus. His nephew John went on to burn the Samaritan temple down in 128 BC. So by the time Jesus came on the scene, Samaritans had been a despised presence for a very long time. The origins go back to the initial Assyrian takeover in 722 BC, and we see clear hostility between them and the Jews from 538 BC onwards. In the time of Jesus' ministry, it was clearly a lot more civil than this. The ruling Roman forces would no doubt keep any acts of hostility at bay. But Jews who travelled through the region did so with the very real risk of facing some opposition. And sadly, the Jews had a very long memory when it came to acts made against them in the past. At the very least, there was religious difference which felt insurmountable in and of itself. The Samaritans only viewed the Torah as authoritative and a modified version at that. And due to the variety of gods introduced through the captivity, the God of Israel had been severely reduced in status to that of a local deity who could take his place among the others. So with all that in the background, any interaction we read about Samaritans is going to make for some interesting reading and discovery. One of the better-known interactions in the New Testament comes up in just two episodes' time, and I'm looking forward to continuing this theme in that time. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, be sure to put up a rating and even a comment if your platform allows for it, as this will help others know what to expect. I look forward to catching up next time.